0: This is a character called Galina, reflecting on the surprising turn her life has taken in about 1966. So they were married. So she had a life in Moscow after all. It just didn't quite seem to be hers. She worked as a nutritionist at the office supervising workplace meals for the northwestern sector of the city. And at the end of the day, she walked back to the flat from the new metro station across the gouged earth of the micro region, carrying a string bag of food. Some bought, some taken as her share from the model kitchen in the office where recipes were tested. Fyodor brought home luxuries thanks to his contacts. A washing machine, a telephone along with a man to install it. Do you want a piano? He said. I've got a line on one. She shrugged. She had never really cared one way or the other about music. But he got the piano anyway, for everyone knew that it was part of the good life to have a piano. And there it sat, unplayed in its dust cover, brown and gold. Fyodor was as ambitious as Volodya had been, but in a very different vein, not with the placid determination to better something he already had, but scrambling up, pushing himself up the slope before him with his elbows out and his legs kicking and his hands grabbing at whatever seemed to offer a purchase. There was something untidy about his energy, careless even. He never seemed to have to compose himself, as she and her university friends had done, to say the things that would make the right impression. He said the right things copiously, effortlessly, it having apparently never occurred to him that you could care enough about the content of politics to say anything except what you were supposed to say. There was nothing to be careful about, as far as he was concerned. The world was what it was. That was that. He laughed a lot. And he hung out with other men who laughed easily too. Beefy men, a little bit older than him mostly. Backslappers, drinkstanders, middle-rankers who looked out for chances to do each other some good. Sometimes he needed her to come along when he and his cronies went junketing. And she danced with Fyodor on the darkened little dance floor of a restaurant, feeling inside the stir of helpless reaction to him as they boogied about. And on her skin, the eyes of the other men appraising her as they circled by, holding their wives, solid ladies from accounting or procurement with beehive hairdos and party frocks in orange or lime green all on. Galena was the youngest one and then back to the table for sauces of pineapple chunks and interminable toasts in sticky liqueur. fiona didn't seem to mind the way that the gazes ate her up. She turned round one time in a restaurant coming back from the buffet and found him and one of the friends staring at her thighs together with their heads tilted at exactly the same angle and identical appreciative smirks on their faces as if her flesh were something good on TV. She didn't see her own friends anymore. Her parents came to visit once, And she watched Fyodor working like a safe cracker on her gruff father who had expected better for her till he too grinned and guffawed and started to say what a good fellow she'd found. Her mother gave her one look of helpless anxiety as they were going, and that was that. But it bothered Fyodor that laughter didn't work on her. On a night at the flat when he and his mother and Ivanov were roaring at some comedy show on the television in the corner, that got used all right, and her face was aching from smiling politely for so long he chased her into the kitchen as she was clearing a tray of glasses away and tried to tickle her the prodding fingers put her into a panic and far from relaxing she drew back into a crouch she cowered covering her head with both hands somehow his pulls and grabs to make her come back out grew angrier and angrier as if he thought that she was acting this way to spite him and then he punched her It hurt less than she would have guessed a fist would at first, just a numb jolt to the eye socket. He backed away, staring. Then he made a gesture as if he were throwing a disgusted double handful of air at her and went back to the hilarity next door. Not knowing what else to do, she went to bed. The sounds from the living room seemed no different from usual. He didn't come to bed until after she was asleep. About last night, he said in the hall next morning, not meeting her eye, that's not how I want things to be, and it, it won't happen again, but it would help if you didn't needle me when I'm plastered. Have a bit of sense, eh? And she nodded though She didn't remember needling him. You missed a bit, said a woman at the office she'd never liked, and drew her into the toilet to dab powder onto her cheekbone where the bruised purple was showing through. There. Sometimes she had the urge to run. She thought about just going to the station and buying a ticket home letting Moscow dwindle to a departing view from the window of the long green train east, folding itself up, tucking itself back to nothing, like a paper sculpture being put away, just an idea that hadn't worked out. But then, what would she have to show for any of it? So she stayed, and she stayed, and now it was too late, the baby was coming. Everyone knew that youth ended with the first child, and she had waited as long as she dared, two more abortions, but Fyodor said the time was right to start a family. They had the space, and his degree would be done with in just a few more months, and then he'd be out of the electric plant forever. She felt the orange all on descending towards her like a shroud.